0: I, I'm so excited about this series, the Alive and Free series, and I have a lot of faith and anticipation for the free weekend. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your life, if you're looking for God to do something in you, and you, you need, um, like, to take the next step in your life with God, uh, this weekend is for you, and so please take advantage of that. It's two weeks from this weekend, and I want you to check that out and um, and and be involved in that if you would like to be. Um, of course, uh, as we as we continue this series today. I'm going to talk to you about hearing God. You can get the message notes. Of course, you have them in your hand if you got them on the way in, or you can get them online right there uh, at uh, onechapel.com or by texting OC News to that number, all right? So are you ready? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word gives light and that you are here revealing yourself to us. We pray that you would continue to do that as we open the scriptures so that our lives would be changed. We receive it now in Jesus' name, amen. You ever seen those funny church signs? I don't know who puts these signs up, but they are crazy. I want to show you a few funny church signs today. All right, check out the first one. Check check this one out. God is rich because he saves. Eh? (laughs) <laughs> but does he invest? Um, <laughs> um, let's see. What's the next one? I, I just messed up my sign. Here it is. McDonald'sville, St. Paul, 10 a.m. worship. Whoever's play, praying for snow, please stop. It's <laughs> like, why would you say that? Please stop praying. It's just weird. Anyway, um, look at, look at uh, Benton Heights Presbyterian Church. Have trouble sleeping? We have Sermons. it's just like who would put this up there who's not thinking right we have sermons come hear one if you can't sleep um and let's see the next one is uh let's see too cold to change sign message inside i thought that was really funny um you've got uh uh, god does not believe in atheists therefore atheists do not exist (laughs) it's powerful logic there Here's one Here's one's pr- kind of sad. Get behind me, satin. <laughs> I'm sick of your glossy ways. Here's one of my favorites. Here's Faith Community Church. What in the world is happening here? Faith Com- Community Church. It's the um, number two congregation in town. <sighs> did you see how I did that? Meadowland Baptist Church, here it is, congratulations, graduates, (laughs) yeah, try to spell, Uh, so, and then here's First Congregational Meth Church, (laughs) I'm a little concerned about your addiction to church, (laughs) finally, here we have Cape Coral Community Church, now is a good time to visit our pastor, or sorry, to visit. Our pastor is on vacation. <laughs> like, who does this? What kind of people aren't thinking? They're just putting up this sign, and, and the, the, whatever meaning, whatever they meant to do is sort of lost in translation. I think this is how hearing God sometimes works with people. They're trying to hear his voice, trying to hear what he has to say, but it somehow gets lost in translation. It comes through the filter of our own hearts or our minds or somebody else. It comes through the words of somebody else, and we just don't, we just don't hear it. We don't get it. I happen to believe that in this Alive and Free series, what we're after is freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. Someone. Imagine what, would, imagine what would change in our thinking, in our psyche, in the way that we approach life and freedom if we didn't think about trying to get away from things. If the freedom wasn't getting rid of stuff, but was actually the presence of someone. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So wherever he is, That's where there is freedom. So no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, you can be confident, you can walk in freedom. See, we're not just seeking solutions. We're seeking the king, the influence of the kingdom in our lives. We're not just trying to rid ourselves of problems. We're learning to organize our lives around the king and his kingdom. We're organizing ourselves around the presence and power, the, the current reality of his kingdom. Not the reality we sort of see here and now, but the reality of his kingdom coming in our lives. And so today I want to talk about hearing God and the importance of it in a life of freedom. All right, so we're going to start at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. You can see it in your message notes there. If you want to turn to it, Romans 10, 17, here's what it says. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you've been around Christian circles any time at all, you've probably heard this passage. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, here's what I want to point out. We incorrectly assume that faith comes from within us. But it doesn't. It doesn't come from us. Faith comes from hearing something. Faith isn't something we work up to try to get God to do stuff or to try to get him to be happy with us. When, when the air conditioner right here kicks on in the room, what causes us to hear it? Is it us or is that the source of the sound? See, there's, there's a source that causes faith. We don't cause it. Sometimes we see faith as something we produce and we're just trying really hard to hope. I want to submit to you that that is the wrong way to think about hearing from God. It's the wrong way to think about faith. Faith comes by hearing God speak to us, not by trying really hard. God speaks something into your life, and that causes faith. God isn't really interested He's not really as interested in telling us what to do as he is in telling us about who we are. And sometimes we're working up this faith. We're asking him to do things. We're we're focused on solutions to our problems when what he's trying to do is share his voice of truth, his creative force, and his reality. He's trying to speak it into our lives. And we're like, God, 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 I'm just, okay, I, I know I'm your son. I, I get it. Okay, no, I, I, I need answers. How sad to seek information when something entirely different is available. We're not seeking an outcome, we're seeking a person who speaks li- his life giving, creative, transforming, powerful word into our circumstances. So, God is not limited to how he may speak to us. If we look through the scriptures, let's look at all, uh, several uh, options in the scriptures. In the scriptures, God spoke by writing on a wall, right? In the scriptures, he spoke through a donkey, spoke to Balaam. Balaam was on his way somewhere. God was trying to get him attention. He wasn't, he wasn't paying attention. Finally, God used the donkey to turn around and speak to him. You've got dreams and visions. Joseph interpreted many dreams and visions, and, 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 and he began, God began to speak to him, and he began to speak through, God's voice began to speak through him. To others, the burning bush, here's a bush that was on fire and wouldn't burn up, and Moses went over to see what was happening, and God spoke to him out of it. Angels often in the scriptures are appearing places and then sharing God's word to, to people. But my favorite is Elijah. And him hearing the small, still, small voice. 1 Corinthians 19, verse 11 says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper." Sometimes we mistakenly believe that the voice of God has to be this grandiose event, the mountains tearing apart, God's booming voice entering our lives. Why doesn't God speak to us more often like this? Often, God is speaking, but it's a gentle whisper, and the noise of life is so loud that we have a hard time hearing it. And so there's, there's these ways that God speaks to us, and I... When, when Amy and I were coming to plant one chapel in Austin, we were coming from Colorado Springs, and, and I, I, I felt like the Lord had spoken to me, but I was scared. Has the Lord ever spoken to you, and then you were scared to do what he asked you to do? I was scared to take the risk. Um, and I, and I, I, we, we had to choose whether or not we were going to walk towards it. The Lord had spoken to me, and even though I was afraid, I, we started moving. We started praying about it with our pastor and with elders, and we started working with the idea, and we started taking trips, and there was a whole process. And here's the amazing thing that happened. God spoke something, just tiny Just a a maybe, a hope so. I think this might be the Lord. And as I began to walk it out in faith, his voice came tumbling out of so many different things just communicating to me, communicating to us. I mean, everything from people walking up to me, I was leading worship at the time, and I, I, nobody, the church didn't know because was, I, I, I wasn't ready to tell people, and, and, and people would come up to me after the service and say, something is going on with you. I don't know what it is, but something's happening to you, and the Lord says, there's new season coming. I was like, you don't know how much that's true. And my kids, you know, one of the most important things was for my kids to hear from the Lord. We included them in the in, in the decision and in the time of prayer and and um, my oldest boys were thirteen and fifteen. This is a terrible time to move terrible time of friends and and connection and a very formative and i I was worried about them above all things right um, and how they would manage it. so they were praying with us and I, Taylor came home from from student ministries one night they were having a big worship time, and he his eyes were all bloodshot and we were like Taylor what's going on and he's like oh i i i i heard from god i was worshiping and he's and and i was worried about everything i was stressed out i was i was feeling the pressure he's 13 he i was feeling it and and i just it's like the lord came on me and he said it's going to be okay it's amazing that a 13 year old would have that experience the fifth my 15 year old he was just kind of on the front row with us Sunday after Sunday, and, and, and twice, two different people came up to him and said, I don't know what you're praying for or praying about, but the Lord wants you to know it's going to be okay. Whatever you're praying for, it's going to be all right. Don't you know that Daddy and Mommy's heart was so thankful, so grateful that God was speaking into my kids and because what, what was in store for them was they were going to come, they, they heard the voice of God in their, in their hearts, and it was preparing them for the, the year that was to come, because when we got here, the first year of school was very hard, and they needed to be able to look back and, and remember that God spoke to them, because God's voice is sustaining God's voice is powerful. It sustains you through whatever you face. We even had this crazy thing where we're praying about it. We were at a pivotal point and just trying to wrestle through it. God, just tell us what to do and how to... You know, we're praying about all this. And suddenly, suddenly on our front door, the newspaper arrives. Big, bold, black letters, right? And it said, going to Austin. (laughs) Colorado Springs had the, this on the headline, the front, pe- the front page of the paper. And, and um, we, we looked at it and we're like, what in the world? And it was about, it was an article about the government, the City Council of Colorado Springs going to Austin to learn about the city. <laughs> I did not interpret it as that. <laughs> I interpreted it as something completely other. And so the, the Lord was speaking to us in all kinds of crazy ways. And we should not limit God in the way he speaks to us. And I think there are, there, there's a, some helpful understanding of who and what we should listen to as God speaks to us. Write these down, all right? I'm gonna give you five ideas just very quickly. How do we hear? Here's just five ways. Five ways that I think are very practical and helpful. Number one is the scripture. The scripture, the scripture is the thing that is God-breathed, all right? God-breathed into the writer's, all right? and, and, and they wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so he, he, we receive the scripture and we put the scripture way down deep on the inside of us by memorizing it, by meditating on it. Why do we do that? Why do we need to read the scriptures every day? To please God? No, he's already pleased in Christ. We, Christ has already taken our place, paid for our sin. Christ is, uh, God is pleased in Christ. We're not trying to read the Bible so we can please God. We're reading the Bible so we can internalize the ideas, internalize the concepts, so that we can act out of them. So the scripture is number one. Number two is the Holy Spirit. You know what John 14, 26 says? That the Holy, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, that he called him the counselor, the comforter, the helper, he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit speaks to us about truth. He, Jesus said he will remind you of everything I've already said. So the Holy Spirit is very important. If you don't know this third person of the Trinity, if you don't have an intimate relationship with Him, just ask Him to come and to fill you up, to pour Himself into you, to make Himself known. Ask Him. The Scripture says when you ask for Him, He will, the Father will give you this good gift of knowing the Holy Spirit, of Him leading you and guiding you the third is our spouse our spouse no elbowing please you hear God's voice I think often through your spouse and here's why because I think marriage is about spiritual oneness when people become one in marriage there is a relationship that is closer and more intimate than anybody else on the planet a person the person who knows you better than anybody else and often they're going to be able to hear God even when you can't they're going to be able to speak into your life because and here's why Ephesians talks about this if you if you look at 1 Corinthians 7 it talks about how to treat one another with the kind of respect that believes that God is speaking to them, that the goal of marriage is unlocking the potential in the other person and them unlocking God's potential in you. And in that, we speak the truth in love, we share what God is saying to us, and we receive from God through our spouse. It's a powerful relationship. That's God's design for marriage. I know we don't measure up to it often, but that is why he put people together like that. Because it can be a blessing to your life. There is a, a, a work of the Holy Spirit that begins in your spouse. And, and you, can, you can trust that. Number four, here's another way, is our friends. We all need a community of people speaking into our lives. We all need good friends helping us make decisions. Making decisions alone is very dangerous. But Proverbs says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Safety. If you don't have friends who can speak the life and the word of God and the truth of God into your heart, go join a connect group. Make some connections here in this community. Make this place where people can speak into your life. And finally, number five is authority figures, authority structures. Authority structures are scary to Americans because we have a culture that was created based on rebellion against an authority structure, (laughs) We rebelled against another government. And so that weaves itself into the way we view life and the way we view um, how, how our culture operates. We're very individualistic. We're very suspicious and skeptical of authority. But God created authority is what Romans said. God created all of them. And he created Colossians 3 talks about it as well. There's essentially four basic ones. There is the family, there is the church, there is your job, your work, and there is the government. These are four authority structures in our culture where God wants to work inside of that, and he wants to speak to us. He speaks in Colossians of saying, he says, don't just work for your employer or your master, actually. He's talking about slaves and masters. He says, don't just work for your master when his eye is on you, but work for him as unto the Lord. He's coaching us on how to treat these authority structures and how they speak into our lives and how to receive it, how to submit properly. God's desire for authority structures is protection and discipline. Protection and discipline. Romans 13 says, you don't have anything to fear if you do right, but if you do wrong, you should be scared because the authorities, they, wield the, they don't wield the sword for nothing. That's what He says, So if you look at these five things, you can see there's a scale, I think, a maturity scale. If we start from the bottom and we go up, of course, we see authority structure as the very base level of hearing from God. It's what happens when you're a baby. You're born with parents. Your parents are given to you for safety, for protection, and for discipline. And so you learn what to do because they tell you what to do. But God's plan for each one of us is not that we would just always be told what to do. That's the lowest form of hearing God. It's just being told what to do by somebody else. There is another level of maturity, and it is growing up kind of you could see it as, as a child grows up and begins to be a teenager and has friends who speak into your life. And the process of maturity is evaluating the right friends to let speak into your life and evaluating who gets to speak into your life. Paul says, good, bad company corrupts good character. And so as you grow up, you learn who to let in and who not to let in, and then your spouse Finally, you get to an age where you are, are willing and able to lay your life down for someone else in a more powerful way than you've ever done before, and you are willing to surrender to them for life, and it is a powerful idea and concept, and it is a, a union and a, a spiritual oneness that is uh, unlike any other, and, and that's, there's, a, there's a level of maturity that is required in order to let somebody speak into your life like that. In order to lay your life down for somebody else. And then you go up to the Holy Spirit. This is the highest level. The highest level of God speaking to you is this gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit speaking into your life so that you hear Him. Now, the the scriptures, of course, are the standard. And the scriptures speak to us. No doubt about it. But the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates the scriptures. And I think the healthiest people are the ones who have all of these in their lives. People who have developed a community of friends. People who have a healthy marriage. People who uh, cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. People who read the Bible in a disciplined way so that it gets in them and the ideas get in them. People who have a respect for authority and they're not freaked out by somebody telling them what to do. This is an important thing that we all are working towards and how God speaks to us in these. But I want to highlight something for you. The Scripture is the standard by which all hearing must be measured. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that is contrary to Scripture. Whatever voice you hear in your head, it must be measured by the the Scripture. However, Scripture does not necessarily limit God's voice to you. It doesn't limit God's voice to you. And I think there's a problem when we, when we hear the word of God, when we read in the scripture the word of God, often we just think of the Bible. Can I challenge your thinking on that? That that's not what we're after? I know that this Bible can be read without any illumination. I know it because of seminary professors who don't have a vibrant relationship with Christ and they studied this, they've studied it, they teach on it, but they don't have light and life. I know it because I, I have had people who've read it and they can't figure it out. They don't have the illumination of the Holy Spirit helping them understand it. So, so this, there's something that we've got to get our hands around that, that opens up God's voice to us. John 1, 1 through 3 says this. I'm going to read through six, I guess. It says, in the beginning of the word already existed. You can read it on your notes. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the second person of the Trinity. That even though he revealed himself as a man on earth, he existed before creation. And verse three says, God created everything through him through the, his, his Word, and nothing was created except through Him. There was nothing created that, didn't, that He didn't participate in. The Word gave life to everything that was created. God's voice, God's Word, is the thing that gives us life. Not just the Scripture, but God's Word to us when we hear Him speak. And His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Think about this. God... God's word in Genesis 1, when he said, let there be light, guess what? That precedes the document. God's word was alive and well before the documents ever came into being. At the end of all days, those documents may be burnt up, but the word of the Lord will last forever. Forever. And His Word will sustain everything as it does even to this day. The Word of God is so much bigger. We need to see it. The Word of God is a person with a voice that brought life into all creation and dispelled the darkness with life. And we often want to want God to speak to us in our circumstances and we're asking God to speak to us so we're looking up scriptures in the midst of our crisis and we're trying to figure out God what do you want me to do when he's trying to speak to you about who you are that you're my son you're my daughter I, you can trust me it's okay no okay God yeah I know that I, I, I know that I, I, I went to Sunday school no I need to know what you're trying to get I need to know what to do Have you ever had God be silent? Asking him something? Think about this. Could it be that we're asking the wrong questions? We're so consumed in the solutions, but he's really more concerned about the process. And he's speaking to you, but you don't want to hear what he has to say. You see... Hebrews 4.12, look at this, check this out. Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's living and active. When you read, when you see that, most of you, if you've been in Christian circles any amount of time, you immediately think of the Bible. That's not what this is. What he's saying is the word of God is alive and active when it goes into a person. When someone hears it sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it goes deep into your soul. There's a certain confidence and courage you get because it goes so deep when God truly speaks to you. It judges, one translation says, it discerns the thoughts and attitudes, the intentions of the heart. Have you ever prayed for something and it didn't come to pass, you're like, you're like praying for it and it's like, God, I really need you to do this. This is what, you're like, why don't, what, what, why? If you're not careful, what you realize is you're praying your own desires instead of his. What the word of God does, it comes into you and it begins to separate what's you and what's him. It begins to help you understand what's of you and what's of him. That's the power of the word of God. It discerns our motives and thoughts. Now, let me say this. It's not as if you need God to to speak to you about every little thing in your life. You get up in the morning. Lord, what clothes should I wear? The red shirt or the blue shirt? Let's stop to pray. Consider this idea. The people who say God talks to me all the time, not necessarily a compliment. Because the people we talk to as parents all the time or we talk to most all the time are the most immature among us, the little kids. (laughs) Hey, stop that. Hey, don't do that. Hey, over here. No, hey, come over. Hey, don't wander away from me. Come over here. Hey, if God is having to talk to you all the time, I suggest a new level of maturity. Now, that is not to say that he can't talk to you about what shirt you should wear because sometimes he might and we should be attentive and we should cultivate a listening ear for his voice so I want to make it clear that what I think happens is the majority of people struggle to hear God's voice because they don't understand what it is let me ask you a question what language does God speak Does he speak English? speaks English to me. He speaks Chinese to millions of Chinese people. Um, you know, if you ask this question in, in uh, Jerusalem, they'll say Hebrew, of course. God speaks in Hebrew. Check this out. God speaks. The language of God is Reality. The language of God is reality. So go with me for a second. For us, language is symbolic and representative, right? If I say to you, my car is parked right outside, I said the word car, and when I say the word car, it's a representative, it's a a representation of what's in the parking lot. But when I say the word car, it's not actually a car right here in my mouth, it's It's symbolic. For God, language is never symbolic. It's never just figurative, it's actual. Because when God speaks, it happens. When God spoke the word planets out of his mouth, the planets appeared. When Jesus spoke in the boat, in the storm, and he said to the storm, Peace, be still what happened peace and stillness see if you don't believe that God's voice is powerful creative and changes your reality you won't value it if you think oh I I know what it says in there I, I, I went to Sunday school you're gonna miss what God's trying to do. And I think the life of freedom is a life that lets God's reality begin to define them by hearing his voice. Are you tracking with me? Check out Romans 4.17. This is about Abraham who was a friend of God. They spoke with each other. As it is written, a father of many nations, I have made you in the presence of him whom he believed. Even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. God calls things that are not into existence. God's voice can change reality. God does not describe reality. He speaks it into existence. This characteristic is what makes God, God. It's what separates him from us. Can I tell you this? The word Ross, the word of Ross will produce nothing for you. <laughs> I mean, I can speak the word, the revelation of the scriptures can come through me, all that's great, but the word of Ross will not really help you. Okay, But if while I'm speaking and opening the scriptures and we're, we're here together sharing and the Holy Spirit speaks to you, God speaks into your situation, it changes everything. It's like Mio that you add to that water. You seen that commercial? It really changes your water. It changes everything. The word of God creates everything. His word comes into us and makes us into what we are supposed to be. When God speaks to us, He's offering us something that will define us and transform everything about us. He is offering unlimited possibilities while we often are just trying to get information. God, I just need more information when he's trying to change your reality. J- Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, what did he say to her? He said, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is who's asking from you a drink, that you would have asked him. You would have, if you would just ask him, he would have given you living water. There's something that God wants to give us that's beyond your own solutions in prayer, beyond your own desires of what you hope he'll tell you to do. It's beyond that. It's it's a reality-changing dynamic of him speaking, and once his word speaks, then it changes your perspective. It changes everything you see. God speaks to us out of a relationship that changes our reality. We want how-tos, and he's trying to tell us who we are. Peter said to Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. Where, where else could we go? Hey, 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 there is nothing else. <laughs> the words of eternal life, the power of his voice and creative force inside of us is what makes us free. So you've got to ask the question, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? And when you ask that question and when you pause and, you, and, and, and what comes into your mind causes fear or anxiety or some kind of condemnation, you can be sure that is not the voice of God, and you can tell that voice to get out of here. But if, when you ask that question, the fruit of the Spirit begins to appear, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, even, if, even as we go through the, the fruit, love, joy, peace, and then patience... <laughs> Even patience and God-working patience in your life can be His voice helping you walk through that. Think about this. Hebrews 11.3, last scripture. It's not really, I I lied. There's one more. Hebrews 11.3, this is the faith chapter. And the faith chapter, starts with, um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice what he says in verse 3. He says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's Command, his voice, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Oh, what was seen was not made out of what was visible. What was it made out of? It was made out of his voice, the invisible. Voice of God. When you look at this podium, all right, we look at all creation, all things were created by God's voice. So here we have a nice formica that looks a little bit like wood. And, and then below that's probably a piece of wood. And once you get down deep enough into stuff that, that's been created, what is it? Atoms. Right? They're atoms. So atoms, kind of, that's what scientists tell us. And, and what's, what's, if we look deeper into atoms, what's, what's deeper into atoms? Come on, seventh grade science coming back to you. Or come on. Protons, electrons, neutrons. Right, protons, electrons, neutrons, and this is all they're all they're all swarming in there. And then and then what's beyond that? If we go even deeper than that, what's what's beyond okay, there's something that they're kind of guessing at, right? it's, it's quarks. What are quarks? They haven't really been Necessarily seen because it's sound. It's bundles of energy vibrating. Something so small you can't really get down there to see it. Could it be that the sound of God's voice is the thing that is holding everything together? I talked to somebody after the service, uh, first second service, and he they said, you gave me so much great material to deal with the, the crystal people, like, you know, the people who believe that all the healing is in the crystals. And this is what's weird, you know, because everything vibrates and, the, you know, the good vibrations and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, it's not crazy that things vibrate. That's living in the world. The question is, who made it vibrate? <laughs> And so there's this thing that's holding everything. It's the voice of God. And so as we look at that, the substance of the world is made of what is coming out of God's mouth. And the world is made of the word of God. And by faith, we know that the things which are visible are made of what is invisible. God's voice begins to produce the faith that believes that. All right? Einstein's theory of relativity. Are you you guys... Want to stay in seventh grade science? What is it? E equals MC squared. So energy equals matter times the speed of light twice, squared. Right? So energy equals uh, matter times the speed of light times the speed of light. Okay, what does that mean? Energy equals matter times the speed of light twice. So if I could take this podium and I could throw it fast enough, the speed of light, tw- twice, speed of light, speed of light, and I could throw it fast enough, then it r- becomes energy. Right? Right? That's, that's what happens. This, this, this energy begins to appear because it's going so, so fast. Matter moving at the speed of light becomes energy. So matter equals, okay, check this out, matter equals energy slowed down. Right? because matter, it's here, it's here, and it, matter equals energy slowed down. In reverse, the entire world is the power of God harnessed to the point where we can interact with it, because we're slow. <laughs> Think of that. The sound of God's voice, so powerful. Holding everything together. Colossians 1.17, you know what it says? It says that Jesus, Christ himself, the word holds all things together. Holds all things together. We come to him sometimes and we say, we're trying to get everything together so we can hear your voice. Wrong. What we want to do is listen for his voice and then he comes with his, with his authority with a creative force, with the reality of who he is and what he says and what he brings into existence. And he says, I'm going to put everything back together for you. We get absorbed in the commonness of the matter. We get, we get absorbed by what's happening around us when we should really be allowing the voice of, the, of God to change us and define our reality. We think, we, 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 all this is available, we're thinking, I wish I could just stop this behavior. You know how small that is compared to the vast expanse and power of God's voice that can change our reality in a moment? You have to have a hunger for the voice of God speaking to you. If we're going to live in freedom, we have to be sustained by this voice so that whatever happens, whatever we walk through, whatever tragedy, whatever discouragement, whatever thing, whatever we face in this world that is harnessed so slow that we are interacting with that matter, that his voice will hold us together as we walk through it. God holds it all together. He's saying all that is ruined, all that is breaking apart, I'm gonna fit it back together. He's saying all of the weakness that you have, I'm gonna replace it with strength. All the chaos going around, I'll bring order to it. That's what God's word says. Where there is violence, I'll bring peace. Where there is grief, I'll bring comfort. Where there is shame, I'll bring courage and confidence. So how do we hear? How do we, how do we cultivate something? Last thing I'm gonna to say to you, God speaks on a frequency. It's called Sabbath. And one of the reasons people don't hear Him is they're just going a million miles a minute. They're just, they're just full of everything. And even good things. Even good things. I talked to one person in the, in, the, in the church, they were saying, I'm going to four different connect groups. Stop that. You don't need to go to four different connect groups. Go to one, connect meaningfully and deep, and have the rest of your space and time so that God can speak to you about your neighbors who need you. Right? Right, like that, that's, that's what we're doing here. So how do you, the Sabbath means a, a routine, a rhythm of rest, a rhythm of God be, stopping everything and being willing to listen. So here's three ideas, ready? Number one, be still, be still, slow down. If you need to get some stuff out of your life, you need to stop some things, great, do it. It is countercultural to do so. But I'm convinced that time is the number one problem for both making disciples and becoming disciples because that's a messy job and it it takes a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of work. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. Know that I am God. Hear my voice so you have confidence about it. Number two, be quiet. In our social media obsessed world, it's all about talking to people, not listening. It's a bullhorn and people are just using it ad nauseum, spouting what they think. Be quiet. Talk less. Listen more. James 1.19 says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Number three, believe God's word. Not just the Bible. Believe that. Believe the Bible. It is trustworthy. Believe what God is saying to you, about you. Believe his word to you. Agree with him. I want to read this. This really is the last scripture. Romans Romans 10, verse 8. I want you to listen to this because this has implications, all right? Just think about everything we've just talked about and now I want to read you this, this passage. But what does it say? Paul's saying, he's making an argument. The word is near you. It is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. What's happening? God's word is coming alive in our heart. It's, it's coming alive in our mouth. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. Jesus is Lord. What could happen if you would confess what God says about you. What if you could confess and agree with what God says about what's going on in your situation? What if you could tap into God's reality by confessing His desire? I'm not talking about confession that gets you Cadillacs and big homes. That's a, that's a misrepresentation. I'm talking about being able and willing to agree with what God has said in His Word and what He has said to us in our souls and in our hearts, as the word comes alive, and believe, he says, it, and "I want you to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead." Then you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe. Your heart begins to believe. He speaks to your word, and you, he speaks the word to your heart, and you begin to believe it, and you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. True salvation, true freedom, is found in saying the same things God says. And what would happen to people around you if you could do that? What would happen to you if you you could just say what God says all the time? How would that impact you? How would it change the way you live? How would it ch- you know? I'm not talking about I'm not talking about ignoring the reality as it stands. I'm talking about tapping into a new one and letting Him de- define it for you. Close your eyes, bow your heads. I want you just to think about what. God might say to you now in this moment. What's he saying to you? What's he saying to you? If you could listen. He might be saying I love you. He might be saying, peace, peace. He might be saying, I'm here. I'm with you. Could I undo the lie that you're such a mess that he doesn't even want to talk to you? That's not true. Break that lie. Expose it for what it is, God. Just just because your life is busy and consumed and all that, you may need to make some changes. But make no mistake, God wants to speak to you. Jeremiah thirty three three says, "Call to him." He says, "Call." He says, "Call to me," to Jeremiah. He says, "Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things that you don't know about." For some of you, he's saying, "You're mine. Your past is gone." For others, he's saying, nothing can really harm you. For some, he's saying, you're accepted. I accept you, and I love you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward, but I do want you to be able to respond. And if, if this is a moment where you realize, I, I need to make a, a commitment to, to God, I've been distant. I've been separated from him. I have not had a relation with him. He, I, I don't, I haven't even been listening, but today I hear the faint sound, that gentle whisper of his voice, and he's calling out to me, and I want to say yes. I'm not going to ask you to come forward but I if you need to make a fresh start today because you you need to hear God's voice your reality is horrible and you're making a mess of it and you need to tap into his reality I want you to just say pastor please pray for me and shoot your hand up in the air right now right where you are right where you are yep I see you back here brother what else who else anyone else anyone else I see you back here over here on the right anybody else I, I need this to change in my life. Yep, I see you right here, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else? Who else? Who else will say yes? I want. Yep, I see you back there. Who else? I need the voice of God to come alive. I need it to be living and active. I needed to separate some things between my soul and my spirit, and between what you're doing and what I'm doing. I need to help. I need your help, God to transform my thinking to embrace your reality now Father I pray for every person who's making that commitment every person who lifted their hands every person who didn't lift their hand making that commitment in their heart I pray Lord that you would seal it the work you're doing now by the Spirit and that even as they get up from this this place this chair that they're sitting in and they walk out and they begin to go on with their day that you would be there in that gentle whisper. That you would even visit them as they lay down on their bed this evening. And in the morning as they get up, they, they sense your presence. Father, I pray that this would begin to define us. That we would live in the freedom that is created by a simple word from you. We thank you for this. And we believe and we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm so excited about this series, the Alive and Free series, and I have a lot of faith and anticipation for the free weekend.